it's Jen the Builder. And the Corey. And welcome to Take the Elevator, everybody. We're so happy to have you here at the beginning of the week. And, you know, some listeners don't actually listen to when this airs, so thank you for whenever you're listening. We appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a joy to know that people are listening in their personal time, be it on the treadmill, be it in the shower or bath or Maybe you're just uh, driving to work and you just wanted to hear something a little bit different. But today we have a very special guest and she is special to us because number one, she works with us. Number Mm -hmm. two, she's just a very special person and brings a lot of energy, joy and resilience into our lives. So Mm. we wanted to share this opportunity with introducing the one, the only Jerry Lynn. Yes, welcome, welcome. I love the words you use for her. Real quick, three words I would describe Jerry Lynn from my perspective, and then we'll have her intro. Okay. Jerry Lynn is a giver Mm. at all levels. Uh, She's very much, um, when I say helper, I hope that makes sense. So she looks out for what people need, and then she becomes the thing absolutely you know what i mean um and joyful comes to mind freaking funny that's four words i could go on and on and on but i'm just honored jerry lynn that you're here thank you thank you for inviting me we've been talking about this for quite some time and it finally worked out so i'm glad yeah yeah so tell us or tell the listeners about you what you want everyone to know yeah so um you know, like Jen said, we work together and uh, she invited me on this podcast to talk about resilience, which I feel like I kind of know a little bit about just, you know, with my journey through life and my health ups and downs. Um, so I thought it'd be great just to come on and, and hang out with you guys and, and uh, put my two cents in. Nice. We like cents. Love it. <laughs> so one of the things that I we felt really compelled to talk about, especially in the beginning of January, is about... Um, people loving themselves and really appreciating the gift of life. I think sometimes because we're in our everydays, we take for granted the life that we have and the days that we've been given. And your story has always touched me. I've um, even before we worked together, I've just always commended you and just, I'm so enamored by how strong and resilient you, you are and how you just keep going. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're talking about your health. Do you want to share? Yeah, I'll give I'll give a little bit of background. Okay. Um, so I was 18. It was like the last semester of my senior year. Great time to get sick. And I developed mm. lupus. And then it turned into lupus nephritis, which is basically inflammation of the kidneys. And then maybe do math. Eight years later, uh, my kidneys failed. So I was like 26. So I did a type of dialysis called peritoneal where you could do it anywhere. It was it was basically a fluid exchange um, without going into a lot of details. Uh, no needles involved, thank goodness. And then um, turns out you can't do that forever because your abdomen loses the osmosis ability. And so I started looking for a donor and got on the de- the deceased donor list. And then, you know, talking about being blessed, a friend of a friend offered to donate. Wow. Yeah. Friend and of a friend. Friend of a friend. Yeah. A really good friend I had. And she was talking to her best friend. And she was, and the weird, and the, not weird. The amazing thing is that she was going through turmoil in her own life right now. And I, and it might have been a way for her to validate herself, mm. you know, that she was worth, that she was enough, as, as someone said today. Um, and so that was like August. And by mm. October, they, they offered us a surgery date of Halloween, which I thought was hilarious. 
but she was unable to do that. So December, I think, 2nd of 2002. It's either December 3rd, 2002, or flip those. Um, and it was just the best kidney. It just it just started functioning right away. You know, you, you get back to that normal life. Because when you're on dialysis, your your life revolves around that. Mm. You know, you wake up and you think, okay, I got to do – it's called exchanges. Okay, I got to do an exchange at, you know, four hours, four hours, four hours. Or I do it overnight, and then I got to do one during the day, things like that. And when you're on hemodialysis – where you have to go to the center, that's even worse because you're really, you know, restricted and, and everything works around that. So that kidney lasted um, 18 years. And then, wow. uh, yeah, which is amazing. That That's that's a really great number for a living unrelated. Um, <coughs> and then, um, I'm losing track of my years. So what, four years ago? No, three years ago? Three years ago, uh, the, the, well, actually four years ago, the kidney started failing. And just had chronic rejection. And mm-hmm. so then um, had to go back on dialysis. And, and, you know, I was blessed with leaders who were like, hey, what do you need? We'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had two other people who were willing to donate. And because they weren't the right blood type, we did what's called a paired exchange. And so some woman in Arizona gave me her kidney. I don't even know who she is. The only reason I know that is because I saw the Medicare bill. And I'm like, oh, she was in Arizona, which I don't think I'm supposed to know. Whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll start, stalk, start stalking people. Did you <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So you know, it, it it when you have chronic health conditions, you really learn resilience. Um, if you're going to be able to get out of it and and not become just devastated by everything, you know, you you, you at the point I had to make a decision that you know I'm telling you the story about. I was like, am I ever going to work again? Well, what am I going to be able to do when my kidneys first failed? Because it was all new. You know, it was like, it was like what's going to go on? You know, what's my life going to look like? I'm 26. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, everything that I planned out the window, excuse my fart noise. And, um, yeah, so you, you, you know, so I had to make the decision, okay, you know what? I'm not going to let it define me. Mm. And to me, that's kind of resilience. It's like, whatever's going on in your life, do you let it define you or do you keep your goals in mind and, and work around that obstacle that you have? Can right. I can I interrupt you just for absolutely. a second? Were, were there any low points? At, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I'm I, I kind of knew that, but I just really want to dive into that just a little bit, not too much, but I just want to know what did, what did the low point look like at any given moment? So the first one was obviously when my kidneys first failed, um, and because uh, I was I was I was working for the McDonald's Corporation, and I was I was getting ready. To, to, to move to a different store because they had sold off their corporate stores. Make a long story. McDonald's the food. Mm-hmm. Because oh. I wanted to move into the corporate the corporate part of it. Because so it, not like on fries or anything. Hey, I've done that. <laughs> it's from six, sixteen years on, man. Sixteen years old. Like, yeah, I did all that. But I but I you know I was in management and I was I was getting ready to make the leap into the actual corporate building, you know. And so it's like, well, there goes that out the window, you know. And then they were really good too. They were like, oh, you know, just just get yourself settled and, and let us know. And I tried to go back to work, but it was too soon. It was like three months after my kidneys failed. And I was like, Oh, I can't do this. This is too soon. I, I don't, I don't know the routine. I'm, I'm still physically just, you know, wiped out. Um, and then it was a period of, okay, something, hmm, what am I going to do? You know, I was living with my mom and dad at you know, 27, 26. I'm just like, well, this isn't what I want to do. And, and, um, so it was kind of an ebb and flow. And then, and then when I had to go back on dialysis, um, about six months before I had the transplant, you know, but at that t- time I didn't know that I, that I had a donor cause Chris, Chris hadn't, Chris is her name. She hadn't come on the scene yet. And that was probably like June. And I was like, man, I'm gonna have to be on hemo for a long time. And, and there's a 50% mortality rate on hemodialysis. People don't realize that, yeah, within, that within three years. Yeah. Because most of them are older, they're diabetic, things like that. But 
side note, I've noticed through the years is getting a younger and younger population because um, there's so many diabetics and things out there. So watch your blood sugars, PSA there. But um, yeah, so um, so that was a low point. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, here I am 20, oh, how old was I? 30, basically 36, let's say, 33. And it's like, I'm gonna have to be on hemo, you know, I don't know where I'm gonna get a donor because, you know, they're, they're, they're not growing on trees. I, I And here's a plug, you know, it, it's uh, donate life, you know, and, and, and celebrate life. It's be an organ donor. You know, you, you, especially if you're dead, you're not gonna take it with you. And, and mm-hmm. the human body can help over 70 people. I think <clears throat> is a statistic. Um, so yeah, so that was one of the low points and, um, I can usually shake it off in a day or two, you know, just, I just kind of have a talk with myself like, okay, Randall. Incredible. So let's <laughs> talk you. about that just for a second, because yeah. we're talking about a woman that's going through pretty much a life and death situation. She said, give her a day or two and she'll shake it off. And so now you can kind of get an idea why Jerry Lynn is so important for us to have this conversation with, because to learn to be like that at 26 is something that can be given to the entire world to learn from. And it's very uh, empowering to realize that I can, I can have that same kind of resilience, that same kind of bounce back because she's being told pretty much that your life is going to be different for the rest of your life. Exactly. And she's looking forward to going back to work where someone may break their leg and say, you know what? My life is over. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be the same again. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not downplaying that and saying that it's not that life changing. But what I am saying is that, we have an opportunity, an amazing opportunity to be able to bounce back. And I want to, I just want to put the the spotlight on that real quick. One more question before I turn it back over to Jen. Absolutely. Your first time being in the hospital to have this procedure done. Mm-hmm. What was that like? For the transplant? Yes. Uh, that was at Loma Linda. The first one was at Loma Linda. The second one was at UCLA. Uh, it was amazing. Um, her family came, her, her mom and her dad, and, and then my friend, uh, who was our mutual friend, um, and then like my best friend growing up and his mom came and, and so we had like 20 people there cause that was, you know, pre COVID. And, um, I, the hospital was fantastic. Um, the surgery is actually harder on the donor. Um, but I was still pretty sore waking up and I just remember waking up and I felt better. It was amazing. It was, really? it was wow. like, it was like, wow, this is what it feels like to have a functioning kidney. I've, I've forgotten. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it was hard. It wasn't the heart of the hospital. I remember one, the second day, cause the second day of anything's the worst. They, they gave me a magnesium pill and it was probably the size of a nickel. They didn't tell me it was chewable. And so I tried to swallow it. Oh my. And so I remember I just had some jello and my sisters were there and I started choking and I started crying. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, okay, I'm crying over a stupid magnesium pill. But it was just, this, just kind of letting out the stress of everything, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I, I felt better immediately, which helped, um, and then, uh, you know, they have to, they have to check your, your, your output for a certain number of days before they discharge you. But, but the whole thing was just amazing. Um, really, uh, it, it, it went, it went really smooth. And I, unfortunately, I think that set me up for the second one because I, I was expecting it to be the same, you know, I was expecting to be the same 33 year old and <laughs> I'm not quite that young anymore. And so it was a little harder the second time around, yeah. but yeah, it was amazing. Wow. So I lied. I have one more. Um, when did you just let it all out? When did you just get to that point to where you just said, all right, here it is. I'm, this is what I'm up against. This is what I'm going through. And I'm not trying to hide it. I'm not trying to protect it myself or anything around me. When, when right. did that happen? 
you know, I don't know if I ever had a specific moment. Um, I'm kind of a stubborn person mm-hmm. and I get that from mm-hmm. my mom. She got mad at me one time that I was being so stubborn. Um, and she's like, you know, I wanted to raise four independent women because there's three sisters and myself, but now you won't do anything I tell you to do. And so, <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, there's your problem. But, um, so it was always a matter of, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this define me. And, and I think going back to work was part of, I want to be quote unquote normal, you know, and, and going to work and, and, and being able to support myself and things like that. were are a path to norm, normal, normalcy, normalcy. I can't even say yeah, normalcy. Yeah. So I don't think there was ever a, a moment where I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to conquer this. It, it was just kind of a, I just always had it in my head that, okay, what's next? What do I need to do next? If I, if I, you know, okay, now I'm on, now I'm on dialysis. So, you know, what, what, what's next? What do I want to, what's my next thing that I want to do, you know, to get back to where I think I need to be. Right. And it, it took a while, you know, um, you know, working, working little piddly jobs until I found out, you know, what I really wanted to do. And then, and then by then I'd had the transplant. So things kind of aligned that way. Did you test yourself to see like how far you can go, how far you can push yourself? Um, you mean physically, mentally, or which way? All, all of them. Because all of them. I, I know there was a mental thing that's right. going on. And yeah. then your body may just say, nope, not doing that today or whatever that looks like. I have a confession. I'm not very physically active. So, <laughs> 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 so I never really pushed my body. But um, – I did kind of, my sister says I compartmentalize things mm-hmm. and I, you know, I very well may, but um, it was always just a matter of, I do what I had to do. And, and I don't want to simplify it and make it sound like it's, it's, it's so easy, you know, that everybody can do it. Cause it all depends on your, your, your psyche and, and how you handle things. Yeah. But, um, but like I was telling Jen one time when, when I, when I, things freak me out or I get stuff that, that I don't know what's going on. I kind of go ah for a while and then I think about it and I'm okay. And I think that's been the way with 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 the kidney failure and, and the dialysis and, and all the health problems that came with it. Because there's one year I had like 14 outpatient surgeries because of my graft and everything. That was just it was just like oh, I'm back, you know. Um, but you just kind of you know you, you take that moment to kind of go ah, and then okay, it's over. What what do I need to do? Because you can't spend your life in that state of ah, you know. You you just gonna spin yourself. You know, like a whirling dervish. And, and let me just that. explain that. Ah, she's throwing her hands up and <laughs> wiggling her head. <laughs> yeah. And I've been sitting here just super quiet for a couple of reasons. Number one, I get the joy of working with Jerry Lynn like all day. And Corey, you don't. So I'm like, let me not be selfish, right? But I'm really listening to you, Jerry Lynn. And the things that I've known about you is your deep desire to have knowledge on everything like yes, your yeah. research yeah. and it sounds like that was a big part mm-hmm. of you being driven and determined and just getting all the information that you need now mm-hmm. if I, I, that makes a lot of sense because with the with knowledge the fear diminishes mm-hmm. a great amount right. katie Couric had a quote and i've got it on my desk says lack of knowledge leads to fear mm. yeah and that that's very true and i get that from my mother i can't give her enough credit mm. Sorry. No. Okay. Okay. When we first went to the doctor, he said, um, don't read anything before 1980 for the lupus. Cause he said, she'll die. That, that's all it says. Oh, they're going to die. And I tell you, I met so many people are like, Oh yeah, my aunt had lupus beat and she died. I'm like, Why are you telling me that? 
you know? So, so yeah, there's been so much um, stuff that, that they've really just, just uh, discovered in those years, but he told her cause she, she, she was saying way she'd research and look. Mm. Yeah. So we get that from mom and I appreciate um, that moment. And yeah, we were absolutely silent in the studio because they know Jerry Lynn mom just passed away. Um, and and so, we're just not about rushing the moment right. and, and there's no reason to, try to pretend like something's not happening and it did and it is so right so i want to just take it from my perspective because jerry lynn and i are very different in so many ways um you said that quote again i'm sorry can you say Uh, lack of knowledge leads to fear yeah katie kirk so for me because dad died at a young age um and he like and that you would think that that would lead me to want knowledge. Right. Um, but it freaks me out because I grew up always thinking since he died at a young age, so would I. My father And I like just that. don't want to know. Oh, so you understand. Yeah. His, the dad, way my mind his dad died of a heart attack when he was 45. So my dad was convinced he, he wasn't going to live past 45. Right. Yeah. That's that's something to be said. I told Corey, I, I'm not going to make it past 35. I'm yeah. like doomed. So I lived life hard and full and um here i am years later i'm thinking oh my god the damage i've done so i'm really looking up to you for those things like i'm you know how when you meet someone you're like i just want a little bit of that and um so that's number one that's my learn today so thanks for inspiring me on that and then second is I've experienced you where you, so not only just that freak out, ah, the sky's falling, but even as you're going through your journey and you get a piece of news and I love your transparency and where you just kind of let it land. Like I wasn't expecting this and, you know, just give you the space for what you need in that moment. And I see Jerry Lynn the next day. And it's not like you're not dealing with reality, but that driven and determination takes over. Yeah. Right. And you just do what you have to do. Yeah. And I would think you would have to be a little bit careful about who you're letting in on whatever emotions that your body's outputting, because um, let's just be honest, there's a lot of negativity in the world today. Mm-hmm. And so if someone gets word or has a a, a vibe that, you're going through something, there's a good chance that they're going to try to pull you down a little bit opposed to lift you up. So I, I yeah, you know, I've lucky, I've been lucky. I've never, never really um, had that. And if, if, if people were that way, then I probably just avoided them. Um, but yeah, you know, you have to, mm-hmm. well, you have going back to what Jen said, you have to allow your, allow yourself that space for that freak out, but you can't live there. Right. You know, because then you're going to wake up 10 years later and you're still in that freak out mode and you've lost all, you know, 10 years of opportunity or, or, or whatnot. Um, but you also can't think about what if, you know, in, in, in both of our instances, you, 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 that's just the road to nowhere. You know, it's like, Hey, it happened. I got to look forward. You yeah. know, yeah, that's all you can do. And it's sanity. interesting that you asked that question to Jerry Lynn about if there are any people that have um, challenged her or made her feel less than, or came after her mm-hmm. um, super resilient people like Jerry Lynn, one of the signs of that in someone's life is just healthy relationships. And I'm not going to give too much information. Jerry Lynn, you get to look at me like knock it off and I'll stop. (laughs) 
But when Jerry Lynn, you had your second transplant Mm -hmm. and then there was a chat group that I was just blessed to be a part of. And Corey, the love and the engagement. And the inappropriateness. Yeah, it was so fun. I was like, oh, these are Jerry Lynn's people. But it was like all just in the chat, the joking before the surgery, the, the support and still the humor but then there was the seriousness to, you know, what she was feeling after the surgery. Cause to her point, you didn't, you thought you were going to have the bounce back that you did when yeah. you were like 33 yeah. or whatever age yeah. that was. And so it was, it was so cool to see her social support live and in action. Yeah. And that's a huge part of being resilient. And, and she's, you've got that. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is I get it more from my friends than my family because we were very much a, you don't talk about your feelings kind of family. Mm. Yeah. You know? And well, now my parents are gone and my sisters are getting a little bit better of it, but we're still that kind of, I don't talk about your feelings. You know, that do kinda. they know the team that you're currently on and how that is now? So my sister worked with, uh, some of our, uh, community people and they told her, Oh, we love Jerry Lynn. She's so kind. And she looked at him and she said, she thought kind. <laughs> What kind of act are you putting on? Right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, this is the sister that we're, we're very much alike. So we were kind of, you know, we're always kind of button heads. But um, yeah. And I said, well, I am. Just bring me off to you, but I am kind. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know how you are with your family. So <laughs> yeah. So if you know number of sentences, but just to summarize this part, how do you, how did you rise above? How do you continue to rise above? What's the advice you'd give? to someone listening right now who needs to hear how to move forward? You know, it's like I said, it's okay to take that moment that day to, to be like, Oh Lord, you know what, what this happened and, and this is horrible. And, and you know, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Then you got to start planning. You know, how am I going to, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to move forward? Um, and that is kind of my personality. So it may not be as easy for other people, but it's, it's that abdominal snowman song, you know, you put one foot in, in front. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and then before you know it, you've walked a mile. Uh, and mm. and I don't I don't want to just you know disparage anybody who's having a hard time who who can't who can't do that. Um, but it really is a mindset. You know, you, you got to acknowledge. Yes, I'm. Oh my God, I'm having this. This is horrible. But then, but then you know, you, you got to move forward. Yeah. I love What's that. amazing is. You know how when you talk to someone for any given amount of time, you, you either realize we're nothing alike or you realize, wait a minute, we, we have a little bit more in common than I gave credit for. And I took that same mindset when quitting smoking and drinking years ago. Yeah, um, I just wanted to put one foot in front of the other one and not turn around and look back in want until I could look back and realize how far away I was and know that I can't go back because I'm just so far away from mm-hmm what I call the shoreline. I was walking away from the water, <clears throat> but yeah. I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when you're dealing with, you know, things that change your chemistry and your, in your brain and your body, you know, right. sugar and, and alcohol and, and cigarettes. Yeah. That's even, that's even harder. Yeah. Me. So yeah. good job. So we had shared this quote before the episode um, recorded and it's uh, simple, but I think so powerful and really exemplified in this episode. So it's remember where you want to be mm-hmm. and do what it takes to get you there. 
And there's so much you can add to that, right? So remember where you want to be and do what it takes to get you there, no matter what life deals you, right? Mm -hmm. No matter who might oppose you, no matter what might challenge you. Um, And yeah, so this has been meaningful for me. And Corey, you know when I'm pondering and I'm deep in thought that I can ramble. So I'm looking at you like, you know, if there's anything that you want to say at this point while I'm processing this most amazing moment. Um, I always have something to say now. It's weird because I, I, I'm not the community. Well, I, I wasn't the communicator, but um, walking away from this moment in this day, I just I feel like I can throw out a line and, and or maybe even connect to Jerry Lynn, not physically, but just emotionally and and draw some of that energy, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's weird when you meet certain people, you just know, I can think about this moment and, and re up with energy and then go back to where I was because that's an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. For me, without sounding too cliche, it's just knowledge is power. Yeah. The thing is, you got to seek it out you and it's it there out. for you. Right. So if it's seeing your doctor, getting plugged in, building those relationships. I mean, Jerry Lynn is on top of it. And what another thing I admire, and I don't think I've shared this with you, is Jerry Lynn's no joke. She needs time off. She's taking it. And I love how she knows that her team will back her, Mm. right? So from someone, for me, just from my perspective, I wasn't raised that way. Mm -hmm. Like, you put your work in and you don't because this is now how I was raised. Right. You don't come off lazy or making excuses for not, oh, yeah, to no. not be there. No, you that's, know, that's how I culture. was raised too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Puritan work ethic. And my mom used to say, you know, the, Oh, is the, that what the Protestant work ethic or whatever? But yeah. But you know, I still feel guilty about it. It was like mm. yesterday. Um, I moved my phone. Um, yesterday was yesterday, Monday. Yeah. And I, I almost started looking at my work messages and this is the first time I was there like, no, you know what? It, it'll wait till tomorrow. Yeah. But I, I do feel, I do feel guilty because I was raised the mm. same way. You know, is that you You don't call in sick, you, you don't go to school, you know, you go to school unless you're like throwing up or something, right. you know, all those things, which you shouldn't do. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, so that's part of that self-care, you know, yeah. you, you, you earn that time off, you should take it. I mean, don't leave your team in a lurch, obviously, but, but yeah, you know, and, and, and don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. And I, I wanted, I wanted to add it's okay to change your goals, right? If you're, if you're putting your one step in front of the other and you know, you're just not getting as far as you want, that's okay. You're moving forward. And, and really that's, that's the key. Nice. I like that. Mm. I really do like that. Uh, I want to ask this because, well, she is coming back, right? Yeah. I would like to put in a request. She has no choice. <laughs> Notice enough, how I answered. <laughs> you asked in third question referring to her to me. And I'm like, yeah. Well, no, I don't want to know if you had asked her to come back. Yes. Okay. Um, there's something that I really want to have a conversation about. And I just want to give the, the people listening an opportunity to think about this because there's something drastic and tragic happening in our culture today. And we're massively inundated with sugar. And I know you have a lot of information on that. And I, I really mm. would like to tackle that just so we can get some information out there. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Oh, for another episode? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it reminds me of this song. 
a roller skating song. Why? Nine writes about cocaine. Anyways, um, it's sugar. I know, but it's just something because whenever we think of white powder and what's dangerous and harmful has been. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it triggers the same area in your brain as cocaine does. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be good because even talking to Jerry Lynn and I won't share too much. Just how sugar has even changed. Um, statistics for life expectancy, whereas, you know, what you shared about people on dialysis Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. stuff. So, but we'll go back to that. I think that's a beautiful conversation that needs to be had. And one, again, we'll all be very pensive, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Anyways, um, Jerry Lynn, anything you want to say before we close this episode? Uh, Just, you know, everybody's fighting something. Mm. And you just never know what it is. When's the book coming out? <laughs> right. Time for that. <laughs> oh, I thought it was everybody's fighting something. I like that. That's a good title, though. That's a great oh, title. Yeah, I want to think about that one. I think I might. Yeah, everybody's fighting something. Yeah, but but we, you know, and it and it's uh, you know, it, I always said it, with renal failure, it's, it's not like you got a broken arm or mental health issues. You know, it's not visible, and so you just you just got to give people grace. And I'm not yeah. saying for myself, I'm saying even for me when I look at other people, is that, you know, you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. So many beautiful nuggets throughout this. Um, it has been perfect having you as our first guest in 2023 because we are elevating this podcast to have more people back on. Nice. And just to elevate some of the stuff we we've talked about and some of the stuff that other people talk about and just take it, you know, take it up a notch. So um I believe this episode is replay worthy because I don't want anyone to miss all the things that Jerry Lynn has shared. Well, thank you again. And you know us to take the elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate. Every day.